0: 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-12 through 12. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together with Him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come, unless the rebellion comes first. And only he now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. Then when the lawless one comes, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. Because they are refused to love the truth and to be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth
1: but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so we are in 2 Thessalonians 2, in case you missed it. Come on. And Tom, great to have you in the chair. Glad to be here. And uh, so you know, this is, I I was kind of laughing to myself, you know, I've read this passage a few times getting ready for this. And, um, it's kind of funny to me because Paul, his aim here is to make a clarification to, to really clarify to the Thessalonian believers, the believers in Thessalonica about, uh, basically the end times. And it's, uh, it was kind of funny to me because it's ultimately like a clarification passage, but then he sets up this clarification and then starts like talking about the man of lawlessness and it gets like even more cosmic and even more like, whoa, what is happening? And uh, that is what a clarification from Paul sometimes sounds like.
0: We, we were just joking in the teaching meeting a few minutes ago yeah. um, on a passage that I'm preaching coming up. And uh, we were like, man, it's what Peter said. Sometimes Paul is hard to understand.
1: Yeah. Second Peter. Which we're studying Second Peter after this uh, book. So we will get to that passage where yeah, Peter straight up references Paul and says, Some of the things in his letters are hard to understand. That's right. So
0: <laughs> well, I think though that we can, if you don't mind, I do think um I'm not an expert in eschatology, but I've probably studied more eschatology than a lot of Christians. Yeah. Um, more than me. And And that's just natural. I'm 46. Like I probably should have studied more than you in eschatology. Yep. And I have started to see that about a third of the Bible is eschatology. And so maybe we can like take some of the, shine some flashlights under the beds and maybe like show that there's not, there's not as many monsters under there. And maybe we can make it like just a little bit more like, okay, I can get my
1: mind around some of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do think like, I want to hand it over to you. Uh, but you know, the scriptures, like the Lord, is trying to guide us and help us, yeah. not confuse and scare us. Yes. So, yes, we we, I love that image of like let let's get the monsters out from under the bed that aren't actually there. So, Tommy, yeah. uh, give us a give us a high level view of sort of what you see at work here, and then we can get more into what this looks like for us
0: today. Yeah. With, without getting into like the um, are you you know. Uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, are you amillennial? Are you all those different things? Um, Without getting into all that, I think you can have, um, I think most Orthodox Christians would hold to some principles, some truths that apply to all other Orthodox Christians that we see Mm -hmm. in the scripture. One is that Jesus will return in bodily form. Yep. That's in almost everybody's statement of faith. Yeah. And he starts the passage off by saying, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. So there is a bodily return of Jesus Christ. Yeah. There is a gathering of the church. Yeah. And there's several different views people take on both of those, how it's going to happen. But those are literal things that will happen. Yeah. And so what he's saying is, hey, I don't want you guys to be like concerned
1: that that's already happened. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the fear that he is addressing is yeah. some of these Thessalonians think that they've missed the return of Jesus. That's right. They've missed the
0: bodily return of Christ and the gathering of the church to Christ. And now here they are left. Yep. They're concerned. Dang it. <laughs> and so <laughs> And so, but now the irony is like Paul's writing to them. So he would have been left too. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, guys, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Now the reason they're thinking this going back to chapter one is because there's so much persecution they're enduring. They think, Surely this can't last much longer. The Lord's yeah. got to return. So people had started started like provoking some rumors that well he already has returned, mm-hmm. and you're you're stuck here. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, look, this, let me just tell you how it's going to happen. Um, and he does a great job of high high level like kind of dispelling those myths. And he says in here um, that this man of lawlessness is going to be revealed, and that's what we would call in like more common term the antichrist Mm -hmm. there will be somebody who rallies folks against the things of god and he will he'll do that and there's many there's from there you can like start to draw all kinds of conclusions of like who it is and when he's going to be and all that and um without getting into all that because a lot of people have been wrong on some of those things um we know for a fact there will be someone who is empowered by satan to lead a lot of people astray Mm -hmm. and Paul says he's not here yet Mm -hmm. and he says by the way uh, do you not remember in verse 5 when I was uh, with you I told you these things that he's gonna when he comes he's gonna take a seat on the temple of God he's gonna say that he is God people are gonna believe him clearly he is an antichrist. yeah he is a he's empowered by Satan this hasn't has not happened yet Uh, and so he says though in verse 7 the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And John says the same thing. John says that there are Antichrist all the time among us. Mm-hmm. And so there are these like little antichrist all the time. Mm-hmm. They they could be in our neighborhoods. They could, we could have been one of them before coming to Christ. We could be a person who is a person of lawlessness who is pulling people away from God. And he's like, But that, that's what's happening right now. This main guy hasn't come. Um <clears throat> and he says in uh, in verse 8 that when the lawless one will be revealed whom the appearing of his coming or when the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming so the guy's going to come and then the bodily return of christ when he makes all things right which is in the book of revelation it says then revelation that jesus is riding on this horse with the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords on his robe and on his thigh. And when that happens, it doesn't say that he goes into this great battle Mm. with the Antichrist. It says he opens his mouth Mm. and all the enemies of God are destroyed. Yeah. Now the, the scary part would be, man, what if I'm on the outside of this? Mm. Not like, Am I a Christian and I miss God? Just go ahead. That's not a thing. Yeah. Like if I miss the return, like that's not a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> this the scary part that like is not like should like good fear raise a good fear in us is man, am I apart from the Lord or am I with the Lord? Mm-hmm. And if I'm with the Lord, I don't want anybody I know to be apart from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this should actually raise a call for the believers to press on. Yeah. Be evangelistic, love and share Christ, knowing that this world is temporary, yeah, and one day He will
1: return. Yeah, you know, I think I might have referenced this sermon, um, but I, I was listening to uh, before on ODR, but I was listening to this sermon uh, by Miles Fidel um, in Acts, and it was basically on the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. and encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Kind of this interesting core DNA in Acts yeah. uh, that is referenced that basically is the DNA of the growth of the church, the authentic growth of the church. And one of the things that he talks about is that we can we can really minimize, wrongly minimize the role of fear. Basically say, oh as, as Christians, like we have nothing to fear. We should just have, you know, that, that really just means reverence. And Mom's kind of says like, oh like slow down. Um fear can actually be like actual traditional fear can actually be a good healthy thing
0: yeah and if,
1: I'm a, um, if i have some fear
0: in the proper way of what you're saying i think what you're saying is like if i have some fear of a circular saw
1: yes exactly i'm going to treat it with a lot more respect yeah it doesn't mean you hate the saw That's it right. doesn't mean that you stay away from it you know a great example is the grand canyon like if you are standing up on the edge of the South Rim of the Grand Canyon you, and you look down, you should be afraid. Like if you're not, you're going to end up dead. Um, but yeah. that that doesn't mean it it overshadows the, the beauty of it. It doesn't That's mean right. that you don't yeah, love yeah. it. It doesn't example. mean you don't want to stand there and behold it. And so I think there's the sense where believers, we should fear the day of the Lord, not be afraid that of our standing when it happens, but that, it's actually this healthy part of our posture yeah. um, that allows us to be joyful when it comes. Mm-hmm. And just as a fear of the Grand Canyon allows you to properly enjoy it. Yeah, And um, yeah, I, I love that, you know, that first John four passage uh, is the, that tests the spirits and uh, John references, um, you know, basically there's a spirit of God that confirms the Lordship of mm-hmm. Christ. And then, it says in verse three of first John four, every spirit that does not confess jesus uh, that does not confess jesus uh this is the spirit of the antichrist um and so basically, there's the manifestation of the Antichrist or the man of lawlessness, and then there's the spirit of the man of lawlessness, and uh we were talking about this in that teaching meeting, and really, Jeremy Brooks helped draw this out. the beloved darling of ODR, Jerry Brooks. Uh, you know, he he drew out um, that basically the, the essential spirit of the man of lawlessness that we see here in Second Thessalonians 2 is this idea of self-exaltation. You know, that the man of lawlessness will sit in the temple and exalt himself above God. And that doesn't mean that the man of lawlessness is the only, you know, self-exaltant figure, but that spirit fills all these, you know, Corrupt uh leaders on earth and and whatnot that's right but uh, and actually
0: not to um not to contradict you but to add, to give an exclamation mark to what you're saying it says in verse four that he's going to he's going to be so self exalting he's going to proclaim himself to be God
1: exactly, which is really like insane yeah, absolutely, and so I, you know I think like where we can go from this man of lawlessness idea from like this ambiguous idea of the future and the day of the Lord to today is this reminder. This is directly what Jerry said. I, I wrote it down because it was so good, but that the self exaltation of evil will be brought to nothing. That's right. So there's a rich comfort for us. And I think it also is a warning because you know what, uh, is more fundamental to our sinful nature except self-exaltation even as believers yeah. uh, that we struggle with is self-exaltation and uh just to have in clear writing that is the spirit of the one who opposes jesus amen and the spirit that is one with jesus that will be gathered with jesus it is you know it goes back to god opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble so the idea of hum humiliating yourself before the cross to receive grace and mercy
0: and so to use an old testament and quoted in the new testament um, phrase today if you hear the lord's voice Mm -hmm. do not harden your hearts Mm. i think that is uh maybe our best advice humble ourselves before the lord and respond to his
1: calling amen amen and just as we close i love you know that when it talks about the fall of the man of lawlessness, um, it, it's not the weakness of the man of lawlessness that is you know, amplified, but it's the strength of Jesus, that Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth. Mm. Uh, Jesus' power, his dominion, and his authority is so unquestioned and unrivaled, and that's what we can rest in today right. and not be anxious um, for the times to come. That's right man well a great word hopefully this is helpful for you it's been very very helpful for me to press into um and it's only going to get better as we continue through second thessalonians so for the great thomas nelson this is will Carlisle. we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you